On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. It's time for a second shot sit down, everybody. So glad to chat with you. I'm Jenny Anchondo, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about Corey Borner. If you're local here in the Metroplex, you may have heard about him. Shoot, even if you're not local, you may have heard about him. Um, he was a DeSoto High School football player, um, and back in 2009, he was injured in a practice and was not able to walk again. So we're talking about uh, a young man who was confined to a wheelchair for 12 years. And over the weekend, he walked at his graduation at the University of North Texas at Dallas. It was such a, a, a momentous thing. We, we showed it on our show morning after here in Dallas. And I um, was talking to my co-host and we just, we both kind of got teared up when we thought about what the last 12 years must have been like and what it must have been like to make it to that place where somebody says, you know, listen, you're, you're paralyzed. This is where you will be in this wheelchair. And then to make it that far. And I thought we've got to have Corey come on. This, this story just screams second shots because I, you know, my question for him of course is the physical part is one thing, but the mental capacity to keep going is another part of it. So we have Corey with us now. Hey Corey, good to see you. Hey, good to see you too. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, how was graduation? Ooh, graduation was nice. It was a surprise for a lot of people, but it was real nice. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm sure. So let's rewind back to um, b before 2009. Talk talk about kind of, you know, your your upbringing, where you're from, what you like to do, all that kind of stuff when, when you were a, a young one. Well, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Um, I've always loved sports and the first team I played with was the Oak Cliff Cowboys. The, the practice field was two minutes from my house, so sometimes I walked to practice or I get my brother to take me to practice. Either way, I was going to be at practice. And uh, I used to play football in the street and you name it. I just loved football. I played games, all that good stuff a kid, you know, do. But uh, football was my thing, was the top thing. Football was your thing. And then in in 2009, just to practice, can you explain the injury? I, I don't know. Do you, do you remember it well? Yes, I do. It was actually on the 33-yard line. And the day, you know, I was told my mom I'd be back. That was the last time she saw me walk my mother. Because I had left something at the house and I had to catch the bus. So she said, if you missed that bus, I'm not taking you to school. You got to find your own way to school. So I got what I got to get, and I made it. Clef hand, that's good. So I was playing cornerback, and I was telling the coach, one more play, one more play. And as soon as that play occurred, the receiver had caught the ball, and I had my head down just a little too low and coming down from my neck all the way down to my feet. So the first thing I asked, my, told myself, was, you know, God be with me, God be with me. Because in my mindset, I was, thought I was going to get these crutches 
and be home the next day. And um, I asked the trainer, was it going to be okay? He said, yeah, Corey's going to be just fine. I asked the head coach, was I going to be okay? He said, yeah, Corey's going to be just fine. So getting those crutches and get home, I, that's what I thought the injury was at that time. And and did you have any feeling? Was there any sensation in your body? Was it was it pain or was it nothing? Well, the most pain was in my neck. Uh, everything just tightened up from my fingers all the way down to my feet. But pain-wise, was right here in the neck, right here in the middle. How old were you? I was 16 at the time. I was 16. So you're 16, and you just you've been. It sounds like around athletics your whole life. You've come to train to, to trust your your coach and your trainer and anybody around you. They say you're going to be fine. When did you realize that this is a very different thing than anybody expected? Well, my surgery took nine hours. So I looked up at the TV, Channel 4, and I see my picture. So I started to panic. So I was like, what am I doing on TV? What am I doing on TV? And I was just, I wasn't upset, but it was like my, I saw my mom and dad crying. And the doctor had came in and told me that I had suffered a C5, C6 spinal cord injury. So I'm like, what's a C5, C6 spinal cord injury? Like, you're going to have to move your fingers and your lower body for the rest of your life. You have to use a wheelchair. For the rest of his life so that's when i started to blame god and ask god why me why me yeah. why you take the game away i love from me at the age of 16 because never got opportunity to work only drove for like two months just got my license so i was like well why god at that time yeah i can i can see i i can see why you would say that so you found out watching the news, like they're they're talking about, oh my gosh, we're so, how awful what happened to Corey, but you didn't know yet what 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 was happening. No, I didn't. I didn't even know. Well, we all know where our spinal cord is, but it's different vertebrae in your spinal cord that controls certain things. Because you got a lot of people in wheelchairs can have a lower body. That's that's the L at the bottom, but they they still have full use of their hands and their upper body still the same. But with me, my injury, you know, I didn't have, I don't have no triceps, no finger movement, or walking ability. So that's what my injury resists of. What did the rest of high school look like for you, Corey? Well, actually, they wanted to put me in homeschool, um, and I told them, no, I want to be back to school with my friends and everything like that. But at that time, I was worried about what people were gonna say. At that time. And what did they say? Did you have reason to worry? Well, Corey, why are you in a chair? Or Corey, what happened to you? It's for when I get back to school, you know, I'm like, so why you ask me that question now? I just got back. You know, but they made it happen for me to come back. I had to have a nurse around me. I had to have more, you know, more eyes on me at that time. Cause I still, I guess I wasn't used to that. You know, you're 16, you're doing things on your own. You don't want to be a normal person, talk to your friends, talk to girls. You know how school goes. So I didn't really have that opportunity, you know, that me time because I understand that the nurse had their job to keep an eye on me. So that was understandable at that time. It got better, though. So you got, and we're going to get to that part. I, I know it gets so much better. I, I, I just love so much of what I've learned about your story. But, yeah, you, I'm kind of like putting myself in your shoes. Yeah, thinking 16, you've been driving for a couple weeks, you're getting your freedom, you're thinking about college, you're thinking about, you know, your future, and all of a sudden this nurse is all up in your business 24-7, like following you around. Um, 
did you have, you, you said you kind of blamed God. Talk about your relationship with God or, or how that, that, you know, sort of had been weaved into the fabric of your life prior and, and then now. Well, I've always been close with him. I tell people all the time, you know, since the injury, I had got more closer uh, to to him because he chose me for this situation. He chose me. And I, I'm thankful and grateful that he chose me because I'm the one that can get through it. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. But I also know that tough times don't last long. Tough people do. Mm-hmm. And like I said, 16 was a young age. You know, I just had to really get used to going from walking to sitting. You know, that wouldn't, that wasn't, you know, easy. You know, learning how to push a chair, learning how to eat all over again, you know, learning how to ask for more help, you know, and not doing it on your own. Sometimes you can ask someone to do something for you, and sometimes you forget to say please, but it's like most of the time you have to ask every time. You're not demanding, but they know that you need help. You have to ask. So talk about, I wanted to go back so I'm just understanding sort of what life was like then. Did you, were, were you able to use or um, arms, hands, elbows? I know you said the triceps not not in commission. Talk about how, how that is as you talk about needing help. Yeah, so I had to figure out, I used to have a pencil on my hand, on my hand to type a cuff on my hand to type my text messages, everything. And when I got to school, somebody had to feed me and what I mean by my injury, C5, C6, it's like you have to learn how to use what you your, your wrist. It's all about your wrist now. And I had to get used to that. So one day I took the pencil off. I took it off because I want to use my fingers to try to train myself to, and train the brain to use these fingers again like they used to. Uh-huh. Because that's how it is now. You know, you have to really, you know, these are my legs now. So right. These, these are what, I, these are what I'm using. Exactly. Okay. So... I had to teach myself how to, you know, do certain things because everybody's not going to be around you all the time. Right. And was that something, did you enter into physical therapy or um, counseling or what, you know, what What kind of treatment and support system did you have at that time? Uh, of course, uh, therapy. And also with me, the positive attitude. If, you, if, you, if you're going to try to do something, you're going to try your best to do it. You're going to find a way how to do it, no matter how hard it's going to be. How can you know something you can't do something if you can't try? You got to try first to see if you can. And even with that cup I was telling you about, I just took it off. I haven't worn it ever since 2009. <laughs> I've been texting without it ever since then. He said enough with that cuff. So I took it off. Um, I saw, so 12 years ago, the, the news was that, that you would not walk. That was just it. Right, like that's the injury, right. that is it, that's what's reported, that's what everybody says. I saw the video this weekend, you walked to get your diploma in person. Yes. How, how did you, like I said, when we were talking on the phone yesterday, I said, you know, the, the yeah, like the physical part is tough. I, I think the harder part would be to keep your mind right when somebody tells you walking's not something you'll do again. How, how did you get past that statement? And, and and keep hope. One thing about life, people are gonna tell you things that you can't do, but as long as you believe in God and have faith in it, anything is possible. You can do anything with his faith and his ability. And I always told myself in 09 that I'm gonna walk. Eventually, if, it, if it, it's all on God's time, 
When God wanted to happen, he gonna, he gonna make it happen. Even 12 years ago, as long as you stay humble and you stay positive, God gonna bless you. You do right by people and you talk to people right, God gonna bless you. So God's gonna bless you, but you have to do the work. I know that much is true. Um, what was the work like? That, what was it, first of all, the physical work, and then we'll talk about the mental work, but what, what was the physical work like? Is it physical therapy or? Well, training up to this, my Dr. Hamilton brought the machine to my attention. It's called the ESCO demo. And she said, Corey, have you ever seen, you ever seen one of these um, mach machines? How you say, you see it on YouTube, but I never thought in Dallas that we had it. Corey, would you like to try one out? Yeah, sure. Uh, my Dr. Hamilton mentioned that to me and she got in touch with uh, Megan. Megan works out at the Cowboys facility uh, at Frisco. And I didn't know at the time I was gonna be able to get in it because when I went to the to the appointment, they have to measure you for the machine. So it wasn't promised I was gonna be able to get in it. So a lot of people don't know that. So they measured me and good Lord willing, thankful I was tall enough and my weight is good. I, I, I fit the machine. And oh, so- So cause it could have ended right there. So, right, cause that, so that's the starting point that people, I try to break down to people, because a lot of people think, oh, he just got in the machine. Because a lot of people in wheelchairs would love to get in that machine, but some of them overweight, some of them is not the right size for the machine. So that's what led up to it. Oh, so you had to keep your health in check, like your nutrition in check, I'm guessing, leading up to this point, even though you didn't know that that was going to be something that would be offered to you. Right, so I'm thankful for that moment then it got to the machine, getting in the machine. Um, my first time standing was in June. Um, as soon as I stood up, I told my therapist, Chad and Molly, to give me a minute, give me a minute. Why give me a minute? Because I was nervous happy. <laughs> when I say nervous happy, yeah, I'm nervous standing up. I'm finally standing up. I'm finally gonna take some steps. And then the happy side of it is, I'm up here now. My mom was watching me. My mom recorded me. She was the last person to see me take some steps. Mm. So, it's been there. What, um, what does your mom think of, oh, gosh, of all of this? It had to have been so hard for her to see you go through this, um, but now be able to see you take those steps like you did over the weekend. What does your mom have to say these days? Well, being the youngest of three, we, uh, we do spend most of our time together. Um, it's so amazing that to her to see that, you know, she hasn't, she's the strong one. She's the strong one. My dad is a little teary-eyed, but, uh, but he always told me, you know, because he works a lot, you know, he always told me, don't worry about me, make sure your mama good. And ever since then, he told me that I've been, you know, doing the best I can at that. And her seeing me walk was just amazing. Her coming up to me, giving her a hug afterwards was everything to me because, now, you know, I'm hugging her. She coming down to me. Right. So when I was standing, I, I grabbed her. She came up to me. So I gave her a big hug and tight when she came to me. So I guess the first time, am I understanding it right it, correctly? It was the first time that you were able to kind of get up and walk. It was maybe a couple weeks ago, and then you were able to do it at graduation. Or did the timing just work out well, or how did that all go? Well, it's exciting because the first time I took 520 steps. So I did a news story with a news, news station. I told them to do 720. Two weeks later, 
God blessed me to take 826. So I told him after that, I was gonna take a thousand. So I put the thousand on pause because I was training to surprise people for the graduation. Okay. You follow me? Yes. So I I wasn't focused on the thousand at that time, but ever since I graduated now, now my goal in that ESCO demo is a thousand steps. Do you think there's a, a time and a place when you won't use your, your chair anymore? I will, on, on God's time. Um, but I know he placed me here for this time to inspire others or to never give up on whatever they go through. And I'm just, I'm happy to be here. But yeah. when he raised me, it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be even, even better. It's gonna be even more inspiring. Even though, even more news, news media stores of me. Corey, oh, I, I told you before, I think the, okay, the physical recovery is impressive. I think more impressive is the, just like, ability to keep holding on hope because this wasn't like, okay, he worked for two weeks or three months or even a year. We're talking about 12 years. Um, is, do you, do you have a, is, is it a morning routine? Is it a prayer ritual? Do you meditate? What, like, what, I, I want, I want what you're having. Tell me what the routine is. What I do, cause I tell you, we all have our me time. So what I do, I have a tree outside that I sit under all the time. I pray under it. I turn my phone over. I don't get on my phone. I don't talk to nobody. That's my relationship with God. I ask him, what's, what's, what's next? What do you have planned for me next? What's next for me? I appreciate you for blessing me to walk in this mission. What's next? You know, I've been so good by you. He see that. I just have a good conversation with him um, and talk to him outside. Not inside, not around nobody, just by myself. Just me and him. Because I know he can hear me. And I know he can understand me. Because it's me talking to him. I'm not on the phone. I'm not pushing my tree. I'm just there under my tree. Me and him. In our conversation. But if I tell him, he going to bless me with it. He going to bless me. What do you say to the person who's listening or watching right now and feeling really hopeless in their life? Feeling like they have been dealt the wrong hand, like that God has done them wrong or that, that life has done them wrong. What what words do you have for that person? Well, I can say this. It's people that's walking complaining every day about the smallest things. Why not be grateful for them? Um, but never give up. Always keep your head up and find a way. If it's something that you struggle with, I made up this slogan back in 09. I've been saying it ever since. It's something that you struggle with, have a hard time with, you find a way how to get through it. It wasn't easy for God, so why do you think it's going to be easy for us? Hmm. Were you yeah. like this prior to your injury, Corey? No, no. It, it just, the injury just humbled me. It humbled me a lot more. It made me appreciate more things because it's always somebody's situation worse than yours. You know, I can move my arms now. God bless me to have that. It's somebody that can't move their arms. Mm -hmm. It's somebody that can't push the wheelchair. It's somebody that's been born like that. So why am I complaining about my situation? Look what they're going through. Mm -hmm. They've been here longer than I have. So I ask people like that. They inspire me. They might say I inspire them, but they inspire me because y'all been in this situation longer than I have. Y'all know how it feels a little deeper than I do. 
So just don't give up. So Corey, you're getting a lot of attention now, right? And you and you have been over the years. You know, people have been, you know, inspired by your story, and and I know that you've gotten into the motivational speaking realm. But um, for the moments when I, I think sometimes people might even look at this and think, oh well, of course now he's this star, now he's known. Or, you know, can you talk about the quiet times, the times that you you doubt yourself, or you wonder, you know, who who will be there for me, or what what will become of me, what keeps you going? Well, that's a good question because, you know, my mom always told me you'll find out who your real friends are after high school. Yes. And I just let to go one day after the other because I always thought they was going to be there. But at school, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> and so it's like when you go here to this place, these places, you got those certain ones that's trying to go with you because they know what come with it. Corey get in free or Corey, everybody know Corey. You know, but why be around me just for that? Why not just accept me for me? Yeah. I'm still human. I'm just sick. You know, I'm not sick. I'm just injured. Yeah. I tell people that I'm not sick. I'm just injured. I'm just injured. You know, I'm just, I'm living life just like you are, just in a different way. Uh-huh. It just, it just, it was a, it's still challenging um, because you really got to get to know a person to see about what, what they are. And what they're about. Um, like I said, I still have a have a best friend that I have since high school. His name is uh, Austin Vincent. He's been with me every, before I was in the church. And anything I need from him, he's there, take me places. It's a blessing to have a, a best friend like that. Yeah, shout out to Austin. We should all have a friend like that, right? That's kind of with you from, from the beginning, that knows you win, that knows you through. Yes, he knows me. And I know him. So. <laughs> He listens to me, you know, sometimes it ain't there, but at the end of the day, this friend gonna hear each other out. If they wanna hear it tonight, we wanna hear it, yeah. we're gonna hear each other out. That's how that goes. What is what is next for you? Um, I'm gonna continue to motivational speak. I'm gonna do more walking. I have to do that, because the whole world waiting, what's next for it? You're gonna take more steps for it? Uh, when do you go back for it? That's the question I've been getting Wait, lately. What's the question you've been getting? What's next when I'm going to take more steps? Oh, well, and you know what? It's Yeah, that might be an annoying question because it's like, really? Look what I just did. Why are you asking what's next? Back off, people. <laughs> I'm like, can we celebrate this moment? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah, can we get to the to the thousand? Can we wait? <laughs> yes. Nah, four. We can't. Nah, four. So you studied communications in college, right? Yes. What do you what do you want to do? What made you want to get in that that's what I studied as well, did you know, journalism and communications and, and so what do you wanna anything specific you wanna do with it? Aside from well, us chatting? Well you already know communication is about talking. Yes. All the time. So I like sports radio, um and, and just being on the radio. We have a radio station at UNC Dallas. But um at the time during COVID I never got that opportunity to get behind a microphone. So now, since the campus is back open, I've emailed my professor and asked him, can I come up there and just be behind and just see how to work the radio since, you know, we back and I can really work with it. So pretty much radio. Oh, very cool. Well, see, that's why it's important to ask what's next, because how can people know or potentially hear you or how can a sports radio, you know, uh, you know, manager, hear you and know what you want to do unless you speak it out loud. I really like I believe that we have to say that. And sometimes it's almost even 
I'll say my stuff out loud and people are like, really? You're never going to get that. <laughs> but you know what? You have to you have to say it out loud and try, right? Just just so that people know yeah. what you're headed for. And it seems like sports broadcasting, sports radio would be the perfect, you know, next step for you in addition to being a motivational speaker. Let's talk about, about that part about it. Um, oh, yes. It, it, it's like, I mean, listen, this would have never – do you – do you think you would have had this profession or this, you know, ability to sort of inspire and entertain people if you hadn't gone through what you went through? I'm going to say I'll still be here and be working, but I never thought I'd be motivational speaking. You know, that came about, glad you brought it up. Um, a guy named Tim Brown came to my house. He's he's a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. And he said, Corey, why won't you, you know, be a no spread your testimony. Speak, man. You got a story to tell. So I said, me? Speaking in front of thousands of people? Like, what? So he left. Three hours later, I went outside under that tree I was telling you about. Yeah. I prayed on it. What's my plan B? And God led me to be a motivational speaker <laughs> ever since then. So Tim Brown really put it on my mind. And when people put something on your mind, you pray about it. You talk to God about it, let him lead you. And ever since then I've been speaking. And when I when I under that tree, that's how motivational speaking came about. What is your biggest message when you when you speak to people? What's the biggest thing you want them to hear and to learn from you and your story? Just be happy and, and appreciate life. Because tables can turn and, and you just never know. We can't rush tomorrow. We can't rush next week. We got to get through today first before we can worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Never yeah. rush life. Never rush God's work because he has a plan for all of us, but it's just a fact of following his plan. A lot of people get God's plan don't want to follow it. That's why some people don't be successful because they don't follow his plan. Oh, that plan, Corey, you know we have our own. You know how we are. <laughs> we want to make up our own plans. Yeah, but you got to lean on him, though, so he can lean on you. you know? I, I totally agree. Go, as you've been going through this process, did you have any sort of support group or people? You know, I, I hear you've got a close relationship with God. You've got your, your parents, some really tight, cool friends. Was there a certain support group of people who had been through similar experiences that you connected with, or was this kind of a solo journey? I'm a, uh, I went to go speak to a elementary school. I saw a little girl in the wheelchair. I was rolling past her class. Her name is Kasaya Woodridge, and she was so pretty. And she was in a chair. And I'm like, let me go speak. First thing she asked me was, do people make fun of you being in a chair? And that just, I almost broke down to cry because how she know that people make fun of me, you know, oh. like, so ever since then, I've been in her life because that question really hit me. She was born like that. Mm-hmm. And I call her and check on her. She's like a little sister to me because when I was explaining at the beginning, she was born this way. I wasn't born this way. And she keeps me going. Uh, she keeps me doing what I need to do and, and inspire others because of her because She's pretty, you know, born like that, never walked. I got an opportunity while she never walked. And for her to come up and ask me that, they do laugh at me. They say they laugh at me too. 
Uh-huh. So ever since then, we just we've been here. Um, she's been on TV with me before. Oh. Um, I just I'm just so thankful to know her because it's tough what she's going through. I can imagine, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's why I say I don't complain about anything because if she can do it, Courtney can do it. Before we wrap up, can we have a quick chat about, um, I don't know, I, I guess, so there's, there's a kindness conversation first. Um, what, how, how, do, how do we speak to our kids to make sure that they're not looking at someone like this sweet friend of yours and um, saying something bad or, or being mean or being cruel? What, what kind of conversations do you think should be happening in, in families? Well, I put it like this. Whatever you do around your kids is a reflection of you. You can't smoke and drink around your kids and expect them to go out and you're doing it. Look, who started it? You did. Mm-hmm. If you're saying bad words around your kids, they hear that. Kids hear that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes parents got to point at self. You know, because a lot of parents just want to point at them, but not you doing it. They hear it. And they go back to school with it, get in trouble for it. Then you try, where you get that from? You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so we have to treat people right because you know we all go through something. But when people with disabilities, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. What, what do you think is for somebody who you know is, is thinking, gosh, I just don't know what to say. So they're not. They see someone who's differently abled. They think, I don't know what to say. So I'm going to say nothing, or maybe not form a friendship, or maybe you know because it's it's maybe unfamiliar to them. Um, can you give some advice for those people who feel like? this sense of I almost feel like there's maybe a discomfort so then they just avoid which you know then then they're missing out on the potential friendship how should somebody start if they're curious or don't know about what you're dealing with well we we human still we still human like you know just because a person in the church doesn't mean something no wrong with them you know we do have a disability but a lot of people think something wrong with their brain some people think they can't talk that's why they avoid them mm-hmm. They're bored because they think they can't talk. They think they're not popular just because they're in a chair. Life goes on, though. Do you think it's uh, rude or inappropriate for somebody to say, hey, you know, what happened? Is that too personal to ask to somebody that you're newly meeting? It's how you ask it. Um, I didn't have people come up to me, like, you got shot. What? Well, you get that just because... I dress nice, got a gold necklace on. You think I just got shot? You know, I told a guy that, and I told him who I was. His whole perspective changed about me. He told me, he's sorry. He remember my story. Uh-huh. You because know, a lot of people in church, young, it's a young black man, first thing they want to say, you get, did you get shot? I got that about 20 times before. Ask me that. I don't get upset, but I just tell them, don't assume. Right. You ask questions if you don't know something. Mm-hmm. And how you ask it is is really the, the key. But some people can really come at you aggressively, you know, and kind of hurt people's feelings when you ask them about being in the chair. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing if somebody's coming from a place of genuine curiosity or care or concern or, you know, or, or can I help? You know, you, yeah, you may not know. Okay, oh, oh, they can use their hands, so they maybe don't need me to do this, or maybe I can help them through this doorway, or you know, or maybe they don't even need me to do that because they're rolling on their own. Well, I can tell you about me. If I need help, I'm gonna ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some people with good hearts that will help you out. 
I remember back in 09, people didn't open the door for me. I was upset, like, don't they see me in the trade? They walk right past me. And I used to get angry and look at my mom like, they didn't see me coming. But she told me right then that people not gonna care about your situation. So you just pray for them, you keep going. Cause you're gonna have people out there like that that just gonna look past you and not even open the door for you. They know you need to have opening it. They won't even open it for you. I'm shocked to hear that. And I hate that you went through that. I did, I did, I did. But that old Corey would have retaliated in some type of way than the Corey I am now. The Corey I am now, I don't let it get to him because I know how people are. I feel such a sense of peace and serenity coming from you. We're not even, I'm not even talking to you in person. We're over Skype, but I, I can just feel the, the peace in your heart. And that's an amazing place to be, isn't it? Yes, yes, amazing, yes. Well, Corey, where can people find you? I have loved chatting with you. Where can they find you if they want to perhaps book you or hire you to speak yeah. to a, a group or, or um, connect with you, that sort of thing? Well, Instagram is CoreyBorner24 and Twitter is CoreyBorner. I tell you, that ain't hard to find. I don't be that busy. I be here at home or <laughs> outside, you know, kids try to come push me and stuff. And I spend most of my time with them too when I'm outside. So it's, I'm still normal. There ain't no celebrity Corey. I'm just me. <laughs> if uh, you guys need to book him, just slide into his DMs like I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm here. I pray for people. People ask for prayer in my messages. You know, I get I get a lot of them a day. Yeah. But I don't try to ignore nobody. I speak to everybody, you know. Corey Warner, congratulations on not just what you did over the weekend, but just the last 12 years. And um, I know we're focusing on celebrating the current, but I also, you know, until we speak again, just w wish you well in the future as well. Thank you so much for the chat. Thank you. More to come. Y'all follow me on social media. Find a way. <laughs> We will. We'll link it up. And thank you guys, as always, for um, tuning in for Second Shot. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I hope that you felt like the total inspiration that, that I felt from Corey, too, and just um, bringing life's perspectives into true focus. If you uh, want to see the TV version of this, you know it's on CW every Thursday, 10 to 11 a.m., and you can find out more at secondshotpodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon.